This is the Jim Cren No Restrictions Podcast. We're coming to you nationwide. We are coming to you worldwide on the Sideshow Network. It's Mike Wysocki, Terry Jones, Mike Sasson, and here's your host, radio and comedy legend. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Jim Cren. It is Jim Cren, no restrictions on the Side Show Network. We're broadcasting from Talent Network Studios. Of course, uh, our team behind the scenes, I mention every week, as they do unbelievable work. To make the podcast work, uh, on we, first off, we're honored to be on a sideshow network, of course, the premier network in podcasting around the country. And we have behind the scenes Wayne Wild, Dave Settlemeyer, Josh Folio, Frank Mergia, and they uh, working very hard. Uh, and also, obviously, on Mike, as you already know, we got Mike, Mike Wysocki, Mike Sasson, and uh, Terry Jones, and myself. And we are on Q ninety two nine every single morning from six a.m to nine you can get us through tune in or at our website on the website of 92.9fm.com so that's go right uh, in w- right w- there w- right through, through there and w- however w- you want to do it uh also we are brought to you by uh diversity diversity is a vapor shop in pittsburgh and dormont you can order the vapors online tell them you jim cren you listen to jim cren no restrictions and and they'll take care of you give you, give you special treatment and i'm sure just tell them, hey, Jimmy said you'll give us a little bit off. How about that? I'm going for, I'm going for a discount. I'm going for a friend discount right now. Go for it. We're going to be going up there next week. We're going to post a video at Diversity. I want the guys to try it. It's really you know, a lot of fun. I love vaping. Uh, also, uh, you know, really excited about football season. We did our fantasy draft. We talked about that last week. And I have Cam Newton, first time ever for me in quarterback. That's my. I can't believe it. I got Cam. Won him for the last couple of years. I want to throw and run. I'm going to get a lot of points this year. Eric and I, Eric Factor and I, partners in this. We a lot both, of yards we both, from him. We both Man. met. Yeah, we had the big draft at the house. Of course, I saw he drunk again. Shirt uh-huh. off. <laughs> Neighbors calling the police. In the second round. Yeah. Yep. Second round. <laughs> Can never do anything nice with mm-hmm. Wasaki. Typical uh-huh. draft for Mike. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a tradition now. Mike and Wayne are partners. <laughs> 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 you broke up. We already broke up. You broke up. They have their own team now. They're partners in this. Fighting over Tony Romo. Now they have yeah the Romo fight. Now they have, now they have their own team. <laughs> they broke up amicably. They're friends. Terry's partner T Robe. Yeah, like me and Eric. Eric and I are partner T and uh, Mikey's partners with Debbie. Yep. And uh, yeah, I love I love fantasy football, man. It's just it gets you into the. It, it's weird because you watch Thursday night games, Monday night games. Could you know your your team could be playing or not? You got to play watch players. And uh, uh, Jordy Nelson got hurt. Is there still a game? Marquis Pounds. Is that how you drafted him? I was wondering I drafted, drafted him. Already. I drafted him. You took him. What, the, what round? Third. Yeah, pretty early, but smartly, I did draft the other guy, uh, Cobb, who's the other good rider. Oh, you're kidding! For, you drafted so, both? Yeah. So basically, I still have now their number one receiver, so hopefully he starts to pick up First some points. First year in the league, this guy's going to be trouble. <laughs> Stay right now. He's a football guy. No, He's I just a coach, the yeah. whole thing. How about him? He already drafted the backup. Yeah, because that's a smart move <laughs> to do. He's scaring me. He's scaring me here. Sasson, he's going to be all over that lineup, man. He's going to have his, his players doing two-a-days. <laughs> Not anymore. They keep on him. getting hurt. <laughs> guy's blowing you out get, knees. Yeah, really. Yeah, but you get the backups. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, how about we're 
we mentioned this a little bit on the morning show, but we're going to bring it on to uh, our podcast for everybody who, who listens on podcast. I, th- I thought it was hysterical. Uh, but Chris Carter was at a symposium for rookies, and he actually says, hey, uh, amongst other things, you know what? You need a fall guy. If you're, you know, you're going to have a name, you're going to be known, and if you get in trouble, you got to have a guy in your crew who's going to take the fall for you and do the jail time or pay <laughs> paid price, and then you'll take care of him. You tell him when he gets out of jail, and, and he goes through. So he's in a boatload of trouble, right? Because Roger Goodell, the NFL, are like they're. Probably, I'm sure they 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 must have called him and said, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> they're, they're like. You're supposed to be t- telling these kids, because they are kids, they're 21 years old. You're right. It's like, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be telling them, you're, you're a Hall of Fame guy. You made mistakes. We thought I would bring you in. You say, hey, yeah, I made mistakes, but now you won't because I'm going to give you some wisdom. His wisdom was a fall guy. By the way, Mike Wysocki's mine. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you being my fall guy. I'll I will take, take care of you. The circle of fall guys, yes. But <laughs> I'm Mike Wasaki's. Terry's mine. And we, all, we were saying, we, you know, earlier today, we were like, okay, we get the whole philosophy of it. We're not this stupid. Right. Don't tell guys to do this, you know. We get the whole idea behind it. It's like, Jesus. See, to me, I almost look at that as like there's – what you're supposed to tell the public mm-hmm. and then how things really work. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's but something that, that but, you... I just feel that that's the way the NFL that, looks though. at that. But really, though, what you're saying, though, is you should have fake friends. I mean, why would you Why would you have a friend? Who, who wants to be the fall guy? Are you really this guy's friend? Or are you just going to just... You're just there for... Just to get some extra money on the side. Well, there's been situations throughout uh, history of uh, people like even Biggie Smalls had a guy who took a fall for him so that he could get famous just because he believed in him and he was a good friend. We talked uh, talk about the mob. Yeah. Terry brought up a good point on the radio show. It's starting with the old mob That's the mob. Stuff. You watch the old mob movies and that? The fall guy. There's always a fall Max guy in Payne, the mob, right? Fall guy. Yeah. And it's stretched right, Terry. That's a good point you made. Yeah. Because it's true. And, and I thought the best one you brought was. Uh, Did he? I, and, yes. It was the best example because I remember I started laughing. So <laughs> P. Diddy was in that shootout in that club with J. Lo. Yep. He gets this guy, Shine was his yep, name? Yep, the rapper Shine. He's in jail. And there's like, I mean, 90 witnesses saw P. Diddy, right? It was shoot, whatever. Yeah. This guy, Shine, somehow takes the fall. <laughs> P. Diddy says, I'm going to take care of you, man, when you get out. And I, I, mean, thought, I said, well, all right, here's this guy. Yeah. He you know, probably don't have much, I'm thinking. And P. Diddy, he's worth a zillion dollars even at that time. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, well, maybe, you know, he does two years. He's probably mm-hmm. protected with money with P. Diddy. And I'm thinking, he's going to be a million, a zillionaire probably because he took the, the fall. Guess what? I haven't heard any Shine work no. or CDs or any, any music dropping, any albums from no. Shine, right? Shine did, uh, Shine ended up doing like close to 10 years. And then he, he did that long. He w- oh did that long. God. He oh. was making music from prison. He was like uh, rapping over the prison <laughs> yeah, phone, which is huge. Um, which is <laughs> that. that's how you get started. Yeah, yeah. get started. The album was called uh, "Godfather Buried Alive," and he taught. He called. Um, he called Diddy Judas. Oh and, really? Yeah, he did all the stuff. Did that? And then when when <laughs> <laughs> when fall he guy got, shouldn't turn. Fall yeah. guy should not turn. When he did get it's out. Like, 
Write that down. Okay. Which, <laughs> rule, call, rule number one. Rule don't number turn one. On do him. not call. Yeah. Do not turn on him don't and call him me. a biblical name. <laughs> right. Call <laughs> <Tell me laughs> Judas is something in the middle. Uh-huh. Jail sentence. <laughs> then my man got uh, deported when he got out of jail. He got out of jail and Diddy to protect himself said, "Get him the hell out of the country." Probably made uh, some things and see, he got sent back to Belize. He lost it. Yeah. He didn't commit. No. He. That's why I'm. That's I feel why like I don't he committed. But Diddy just was like, "Oh fuck that dude. He'll, he'll we'll forget about see, him." That's why the proof that Diddy's a jerk. I don't. <laughs> that's why I don't think it works because fall guy's never going to commit. You're going to be in jail after a year or two. Going, wait a second. I was the fucking fall guy. They're like, ah, fuck him, and they go at him, right? Because think about it. You have to go to jail for these idiots. There's yeah. enough money. Isn't enough money? Mm-hmm. And then when you never were a real friend at that point, like I'd never send my friend to be the fall guy, <laughs> ever. No. And then Diddy sat there and goes, "Why didn't I have a fall guy when I hit the strength coach at UCLA with a kettlebell?" There I needed go. the fall guy. He, he lost was. his fall guy privilege. Yeah. <laughs> when he, when he deported him. He doesn't deserve a fall guy. Yeah. And maybe Chris Carter had a fall guy. He was a big alcoholic. He's like, yo, you know, get pulled over for a DUI. Have someone climb in the front seat that's well, drunk yeah. and maybe take the fall for he him. He would do his tearful thing on um, when he got the Hall of Fame. I was watch- he was. Mm-hmm. Just, I just watched his This Is Your, whatever, it's on the NFL Network. It's like the life of. The football or life, yeah. Football life. And they had him, and he's up crying, going, "Buddy Ryan, I screwed up so much, and thank you for cutting me." And blah blah blah. It's like, come on, there you go, bring it to the kids. Not you need a fall guy. I I have a weird fall guy story. So. Go for it. Is this a? I, every time I hear fall guy, I keep on thinking of that early '80s TV yes. show about Lee the majors. The, yeah, Lee majors. Lee, Lee majors was the first oh. fall guy. Actually, I think it was about a stuntman. But go for it, Mike. It's but fine. I just I, every time I, I'm I hearing the fall guy, I'm thinking I'm thinking about that song and stuff. Lee like majors. That. Yeah, that's what it was about, Mike. You're young. It was about. Um, Burt Reynolds. He was Burt Reynolds' fall guy. Yeah. Burt would get in trouble. Lee would go to jail. Great show. <laughs> <laughs> to watch it. The original fall guy. The original fall the guy OFG. with Lee Majors. Yeah. <laughs> OFG. Burt would get in trouble. Then <laughs> Lee, you have to go to jail now. So <laughs> <laughs> Burt would say that Lee laugh. Majors. Great guy. T, go ahead. Fall story. I'm okay. I can't so wait. this is the weirdest fall guy story. So, um, All right. Teddy Pendergrass. Everybody the legend. Teddy Pendergrass. The legend. Absolutely. So do you remember the famous car crash? I do remember. The, the I remember he was crash. in. Was it Philadelphia area or something uh, like that? Yep, when he was paralyzed, when he got yes, paralyzed. Yes, absolutely. Because he was. Uh, he had hits out at the time. He was known. I'm a little older, so uh, I remember it love happening. TKO was mm-hmm. the big one, yes. and uh, uh, close the door was another big he one. Was huge, yeah. When this mm-hmm. accident happened, he was he was pretty much on the chart, so it made major news, and yeah. of course he got paralyzed. He was Lee Majors big. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, well. There you go. Lee <laughs> was already on the decline. Lee Majors is the man. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and then he just fell off. Then he wasn't Scrooge. That's, the fall, that's yeah. the fall guy. But what happened with Teddy? Uh, yeah, so Teddy Pendergrass, uh, in his car, mm-hmm. uh, the the story is that he was uh, getting fellatio from a transsexual woman. I had heard this in the car before it was cool, and it. They, yeah. <laughs> and then it when the car both. when yeah. the car crashed, they had to hurry up and get her out to. Yes, I heard that, so that nobody oh. would know the story about him being. But you know what? Yeah. I had heard oh. that rumor then. About other car crashes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I heard that story like three days. And that's when I said, wait a second. It can't be. Who was this transvestite doing? Jeez. They, she has a name. Really gets around. They have a name for it. So, but, <laughs> was but, it the same one? Yeah, I don't know. But it was like different <laughs> uh, different accidents where I heard, you know. Like that was like the rumor. has been involved in three car crashes. Every time a Either singer, really good or really bad. Yeah. <laughs> causing wrecks. Every time a singer was in an accident. Tanika Watson. 
What's the name? They give it a name? Yeah, Tanika Watson. I never really had a chance to tell my side of things. And was Tanika was in the car? Yeah, that's who was so in the she's car. She's admitting it happened. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's then the crazy that, thing. Then it's beyond. Then it's, that's it's been then. coming out recently. Teddy's fact. Then I guess. Well, according that to was Tanika, the, that was you, supposed to be the fall person. If I guess. You trust it. Just like Hooker. Hey, why not? I remember that happened. I remember another accident happening too. Right around that time, you're in the same rumor. Yeah. Hey, there was a transvestite hooker in a car hurt. <laughs> really? That's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, you see, all, yeah. I, no, don't forget, before the internet, and that's what that was. That was before the internet. Think about this. We Rumors were unbelievable, man. You could just do, and that was the, the biggest thing was people dying all the time, and you believed it. And I remember anyone who was over 45, anyone who's over 50 will know. Uh, I remember in high school, there was a rumor for some reason. He said, Bob Seger died, man. I remember everyone just being so depressed. He was huge at the time. Yeah. So, And John Travolta had the rumor of death. Of course, McCartney's his famous. Yeah. yeah. One of the yeah. all-time greats. But no, it was always that thing. <laughs> you know, the Great all-time around. deaths. <laughs> all-time fake deaths. And they ended up, up finding them. It took a while. You know, it took like a couple days to figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. Is it Because you didn't have a computer. There's nowhere to verify. If you don't have a computer, yeah. yeah. you gotta you got to rely on Kenny and Robert Aldens. Yeah, some back. guy told you at the bar. <laughs> like, like Paul McCartney can tweet out, I'm alive. Yeah. That was structured, though. They did that on purpose. That was Paul's prank, his hoax, performance alt. Yeah. They were doing performance alt. We were talking about performance art uh, also when I'm bringing on the podcast. Performance art is that weird art that, that music, these critics, art critics, really respect it. They think it's great art. There's a guy who's in Australia, and he he had an ear grown onto his in his inner forearm, an ear, and it's so a great weird. picture on the internet. It's really cool, and it's, it's kind of kind of grown ear. I want to see fun. this. Look at the picture. The guy grows ear on the inner forearm, and he did it somehow with ge- some genetics. I don't know what how he did it. He just did it. He's a performance artist. They do shit like that. So he, uh, which, by the way, if he played Would You Rather, I thought that would be the greatest guy ever. You know, would you rather have an ear on your forearm or and then he rolls his sleeves up and go, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. <laughs> and then, but I thought uh, a performance artist, and I started looking up other performance artists because I thought, okay, this idiot grew an ear on his forearm and everyone's talking about him. And I looked at others and, and the, who came up the most – Two people came up actually. When you put up performance artists, what a weirdo! Andy, you see it? You see the ear? Should have got here. Andy Kaufman came up. There's ah. the number. You see it? Ah, yeah, but come on. You know what he looks like? He looks Whoa. like that bald thing from uh, Pan's Labyrinth. It looks scary. <laughs> you but know what I'm talking about? The head, the eyes, <laughs> and the hands. If, it, if you could say, if somebody says, "Hey, you know, can I tell you a story?" and you, and you, and if you had that, you could say. Yeah, I've, I've, I have an ear for this. Go for it. Or, yeah. <laughs> Something. You could do that. See, that would be interesting. Funny. I bet you he's not even that interesting. That's no, the thing. If he was like a think, comic and he just goes, oh, I'm all ears and he did fun. that. I'm all ears. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, he would kill. Great one, Mike. I'm all ears. Yeah. I should write for this guy. But I mean, sure. like, <laughs> but the, the thing is, like, the performance artist always I get to is the fact that it's just nothing. It's a stunt. And then they just sit there and, like, uh, people do that on stage all the time. They'll just sit there and they'll just stay, like, someone will go, I want to just be quiet for five minutes and all I do is just one clap and then I'll walk off stage. I'm like, that's not a performance. Well, you know what, though? It's funny because Andy Kaufman, it was the guy who came up most when I, when I typed in performance artist, hmm. and I agree with you. I, I I liked Andy. When I was a kid, I liked Andy Kaufman. 
I thought it was fantastic. First time I saw it was on Saturday Night Live. I saw him do the Mighty Mouse bit where he lip syncs. Mighty Mouse, like, here I come to say, hey, I love that Just bit. that part. I love yeah. that and bit. Then, and then I saw him do turn around, and he goes, his, he's kind of doing a Latka voice, and he goes, you know, I like to do Elvis Presley or something. And he turns around, and he goes, thank you very much. It's like the best Elvis, yeah. right? Elvis Presley said it was the best Elvis impression he'd ever, of him. Uh, so it was phenomenal. So he's, this is got this incredible talent. Mm-hmm. He gets a sitcom, of all things, Taxi. In those days, there's only three stations. So if you got a sitcom, everyone knew you were. Taxi, was it, taxi lasts about three or four years, maybe yeah, five. I don't even yeah. know. It wasn't much hit. more than that. Yeah, but I mean, hit, good hit in those yeah. days. It was If you made it three years, it was, you were known. Yeah. So he's known everywhere, and he's selling out theaters, Carnegie Hall, whatever. Well, it kind of got to him, you could say, because the, the fame did. This is one of those guys who just wasn't built to be famous, probably. Because it just must have really, it was something he wanted to just push the boundaries or limits and and so he started doing this weird performance art stuff. Like he would read War and Peace to an audience if he was pissed off at the audience. Mm-hmm. If they didn't laugh at certain jokes, he'd say, well, you know, all right, you're not going to laugh at my jokes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you. Or he'd do these characters, <laughs> these mean characters. And he had this guy, Bob Zamuda, and he would do this Tony Clifton thing. And it's so, so it's, yeah, it's like his alter evil ego thing. And so it's an interesting thing. But I didn't find it entertaining. Kind of, I know everybody's supposed to fawn all over him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know this is Andy Kaufman, but he let me down a bit because when I was a kid, I was I remember watching him thinking that's the guy's funniest thing I've ever seen, yeah. and all of a sudden he's getting into this odd. St- he's leaving it like I'm thinking he left it on to me, left it on the table. In other words, if he challenged himself and actually wrote material, jokes, bits, angles that were unique and cutting edge, to me that was he kind of sold out a little bit, going for the existential artiste thing, which is. I'm going to read War and Peace, or I'm going to whatever. We're all going to take the whole audience next door to get a get a drink or something, whatever. I get it. I know what you're doing, but to me, people who aren't don't have real talent should do that shit. To me, I mean, I know he probably he got lauded as this great art artist after he passed away. I mean, pass away young, you you know, you're you. It's a legendary thing for <laughs> school career move, but uh, yes. Yeah. But anyway, I. I think in a way performance artists to me are selling out a little bit i think they're doing it it's a little narcissistic it's a little self-serving hmm. yeah i, I mean know. it's it's not it's not the Just classic thing where you're you're it's it's you're right you're doing it for yourself and if the audience doesn't get it and the audience doesn't you know appreciate it then screw them the hipsters yeah. get it the hipsters yeah. love to get it get, the hipsters don't get necessarily it. get it but they'll just sit there and be like oh we understand that you're doing something for you and because, it's not for me right. yeah so which makes them fawn all over them because they know i'm pissed off yeah the mainstream well, then, then the, then the you key, pissed the mainstream and off. the and the thing that was the one thing that kind of took him over the edge with the performance art was doing the whole wrestling thing yeah yeah exactly. go to um. Well, I do love the whole idea of Andy Kaufman faking his death because he he was a there's such a, a rumor character. that still right. Yeah, to this you day told me I, today you said his you friend. Do you think he could still be? I do, faking? but I read this. His friend said that he's still alive, and he said that the reason he has the idea of death like that is because his granddad actually died. But they told him as a kid that his granddad went back to the country that he was from. Okay. Instead of being dead, so he in his mind just had this disappearing thing where it was huh. just like I'm going to disappear. That's how you do death. But the, back to the performance art part, Jimmy, you have a good point where you say like there's there's a point in time where some of these guys get so big that they can't handle it. Like Steve Martin talked about when his hair turned white when he started doing theaters because really? he was like 
he said he was so, terrified. Uh, he's terrified of theaters. He well, not theaters. I'm sorry, arenas. That, yeah, my oh, bad. When he get, started doing arenas and stadiums and stuff yeah. like, he said that it felt like a celebration of his art rather than yeah. uh, them yeah. actually coming to see his art. And then you see these guys like Dave Chappelle who got heckled, and you know he was upset, and he he pulled the Andy Kaufman. He started reading a book. He read uh uh what's the pimp's name uh. Iceberg Slim. He okay. read his book <laughs> to the audience, and then you you look at um. There was a story, infamous story about Damon Wayans, who was so big from In Living Color mm-hmm. that the crowd was like, "Hey, do homie the clown, do right. homie the clown," and he was like, "No, I'm not here to do that. I'm here to do stand up." And he goes, uh, "They go, do homie the clown." He said, "Y'all want to hear homie the clown?" And he took the microphone and farted into it, dropped the mic, and walked off. So it's like, at what point in time do you? show respect to the audience and the people who got you to that place right and what point in time do you do what you want to do for yourself like john witherspoon who is absolutely amazing um worked with him many a times when he first comes out he gets that all out of the way he does every quote from friday any movie that he's famous for <laughs> right he does it within the first 10 15 minutes and then the rest of the time is his to do whatever he wants and say whatever he wants the crowd doesn't get they don't yell bang bang for the rest of the show <laughs> they don't do any weird shit to him because he got it out of the way so i mean i feel like at that point in time you kind of have to draw the line of where you respect the crowd and you can do what you want to do for yourself. You're right, Tara. I think you're, and you're right. And, and you know, on a very smaller scale, you know, with me, whenever I got the characters became big that I did on the morning show. Yeah, uh, it's a large scale. Well, <laughs> and, and and I would do <laughs> shows, and yeah. the crowd when they first were new, they're like you know mm. the first dozen or so characters. They did like 12, 14 at one time. Different ones rotating. I couldn't get through a set, Tara. You're right. I couldn't get through a stand-up set, like every minute. Or two, somebody would just yell out a character. Mm-hmm. Ben Clankston, mm-hmm. Stanley. It's every minute or two. So you kind of try and do your set, trying to do a story, trying to do something. And someone you yell out, another person would yell. So it wasn't like one heckler. It was the whole room just wanted to hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, or some line that I, I I did this one line once with this girl who did a sex book. Or the line was, I ain't no puppet. It was that I did it. You hear people in the middle of my act, you're ready to set up the punch. You're, I ain't no puppet. No, that's not the punch. You know, it's like it's a completely yeah. different story. <laughs> Always. But, but you know what, though? I just thought, you know, that's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And instead of getting angry, I just said, that's really. And I tell the crowd that. I'd stop the show, whatever. I'd just say, you know what? That's really interesting. And kind of take it in because you think. And I say, hey, man, thanks. I appreciate it. And I do a little line from character, whatever, a little banner, whatever the hell it was, mm-hmm. and go try to go back in, in, into the act. But, I mean, I could see, you know, how some people can maybe get frustrated with it. But it, but if you don't appreciate it, you're going to get frustrated. you got to kind of appreciate the fact that somebody likes what you're doing yeah. in a weird way. And if you don't, yeah, you're going to be because, <laughs> you know. Well, it's, it's, it's like if you're a rock band and you don't play your hits. Like yeah. even we know of all. I never got to, that. I never understood that. Yeah, people yeah. Who sit there and they will you know, like I was watching a, a like a concert movie of the Smashing Pumpkins, and I'm like, okay, I like the Smashing Ooh. Pumpkins, whatever. And for the first hour of the show, they just played this this stuff that they literally wrote on the way to the fucking theater, <laughs> and they didn't play the stuff that people knew until the last five minutes. It's very much an artiste mm-hmm. thing. It's an artiste thing. Uh, it is pretty amazing. I hear that a lot. You know, or, or bands that you know, like you said, have a million hits, and they're just doing all of a sudden doing some jazz fusion experiment you're like what the fuck's happening I mean, yeah really and, and um you know i i don't understand what goes why do they do that what would push if you if you go to wiz khalifa you want to hear wiz khalifa's hit yeah. you don't want to hear wiz going you know what i've always wanted to do 
jazz or this or that. <laughs> and, 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 and go off into some experimental. Mm-hmm. But the uh, most, I'd say most performers don't do that. I, I'd say the majority do the hits. But, man, it kills me when they don't. I, I think it's harder for uh, stand-up comics, uh, like you said with the characters, because you, when you think about it, a lot of people don't really know you mm-hmm. as a person when you have these characters or if you're on that big of a show or a movie. Um, you know, like I, I remember like a good example of – oh, what were you going to say, Jim? Oh, no, I agree. I was just – you just like when, I, when you said that, and I thought, yeah, I was thinking of Damon Wayans, mm-hmm. and I was thinking – I could understand the homie the clown thing because he was so big. His characters were bigger than him. Yep. And and it's like I said, it's much smaller scale. The characters I was doing, like Stanley P and scale. stuff, were bigger <laughs> than me in a way. They didn't know me, but they kind of knew the characters. So it kind of made sense because I could see wanting to hear homie the clown. So yeah. maybe they yelled out because they thought, "Hey, I pay twenty bucks. I gotta hear. I gotta this. hear him. I gotta hear him do it." Well, I saw. Um, I. What were you going to say, Terry? I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Um, I remember, like, working with uh, Ben Bailey from Cash Cab. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, yeah, okay. very funny guy and mm-hmm. really cool guy. Okay. And Ben Bailey, the thing with him is people only know him from Cash Cab. Right. You get these guys, like Cat Williams. People didn't know Cat Williams did stand-up for 18 years. People thought Cat Williams got on a Friday movie and then over and a couple TV shows and overnight became this huge sensation but he was doing comedy for 18 years yeah so th- it's one of those things where people don't know of us and what goes behind doing stand-up and then all of a sudden one day you create something that's so big they, they see these characters they see tv like george carlin was always george carlin on tv george mm-hmm. carlin mm-hmm. outside of like me being a kid and he was the conductor on shining time station for like three seasons <laughs> but yeah but to me he was always like hey, it was always man, george carlin hippie dude like hippie dude, <laughs> exactly <laughs> richard Pryor was richard Pryor. yes you know Cosby tricked us all, but he was Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> but like you get what I'm saying. Yes. These, these people are themselves. So when you do go into that character stage, like uh, uh, Andy Kaufman or any mm-hmm. of those people, it's like at what point in time do you really go, "Hey, I'm just sick of this. I want to do my art," or let me just get this out of the way for them and then go into it? Because there's that argument with stand-ups of this it's, is my uh, art. I should be able to do what I want. Versus, I like I know gets, I say I, weird I, I shit in between it, my set just for myself. I think other comics. Happens, <laughs> I think it gets to the point where these guys. Believe it or not, I think they get bored, mm-hmm. and they it does get selfish in a sense because they're bored. In a sense, the Beatles. Beatles are a perfect example. The Beatles struggle at the beginning. All of a sudden, they become a huge hit. They become even bigger when they come to America. Mm-hmm. They're on Ed Sullivan, all the thing. All of a sudden, they're touring. They they would they they did the show at Shea Stadium in, in terror. They you couldn't hear one word they said over the screaming wow. you know the technology was different with sound and everything in yeah. the stadium it was unique to do a stadium back then so they're in Yankee Stadium or Shea Shea, Shea yeah. or I'm sorry Shea you couldn't hear any in, in Lennon and McCartney were like we could do they don't even know what we're singing saying we're just like we wrote this music and we want to sing it to these people and that's what you know it's the idea for an artist right you do jokes yeah. that'd be like us going up telling our jokes and the crowd just screaming the whole time and not even it becomes a spectacle and that's when they stopped touring so they just thought well there's no connection anymore we're kind of we've kind of become a symbol and not a performer anymore yeah. in a sense and they, they want to pull it back a little bit to not just be a symbol so maybe at some level these guys you know, I don't know if it's if it's a selfish thing. Like it is a bit. We're saying like with Kaufman or maybe yeah. Dave Chappelle, whatever. But but they are brilliant. Yeah, they are. And man. they're you know I put Chappelle as 
top ten all time. Yeah, and um, he's one of my favorites. Kaufman's ever. up there. You know, him and Patrice. he is a great. His comedic stuff is brilliant. Kaufman, uh, the performance stuff not too crazy, but uh, <laughs> but you wonder if at some point they became a some kind of like a mascot or symbol or so, instead of becoming a performer or they think that anyway and they just and they want to fight that i mean if you're Chappelle, they want to battle mean, that you hear you hear you know, i've read all the time people he'd be going to show, shows like i'm rick james bitch like just yeah. constantly right in the middle constantly, of the yeah. yeah trying to yeah. do a new bit and yeah. Yeah. You, you know the old bit which is you have to, if you don't embrace it that could drive you nuts there's no way you're going to stop it and he probably does now i bet he does embrace it well he said that um when they did that to him and the first time in LA when it started getting big and that whole controversy was going on with him renewing that season when he got the 56 yeah. million yeah. The, that uh, he told the audience that you know the the programmer said that you people were dumb and I told them that you would not go for changing up this show format and making it more mainstream and dumbing it down and I don't believe them anymore you guys are dumb something along those lines and he walked off and um you know, I guess you're right. You you do go crazy at at that point because th- in the middle you set. Yeah, I think they go to to a point where you get a little bit. It was the word is the word disillusioned or something because because think about it, Terry. In those days, with Comedy Central, the money they gave him, the money they made off the first round of those uh, oh, DVDs yeah. and stuff, it's the mm-hmm. high selling DVD of all he time. He had, and I'm sure he had just because of the money, just because of the money. He, he had 100% creative control over that show. There was no... Now, maybe they... You're right. He probably used that excuse of maybe one person. Yeah. Saying, well, maybe we should do this. Maybe... Or whatever. But there's no way that they were drawing a line in the sand. Saying, you're going to go ma- this mainstream way, you know, or else. You know what I mean, Tara? So he probably grabbed onto that. I'm sure they did say, like you're saying, Tara, I'm sure somebody said, hey, we should make more extremely bigger. Yeah. And maybe he was looking for an excuse to get out. Because I couldn't see him having – he had to have the power to just tell him, go, nah, fuck you, I'm going to do whatever I want. I would think. I mean, who knows? You don't know because he goes for these suits. You never know. Yeah. But I would think he would have the power. But maybe – maybe he didn't. We weren't there. But I I think he had, I think, I think he wanted to get so out much. of it. I think he was burnt out. I agree. He reads such brilliant material. It's so hard to do that kind of show that I don't – I think he was – didn't think he could beat his own shadow, his yeah. own – that he created. He as a tall shadow – Come on, that's some of the stuff he does. That's, we are uh, repeating classic. now. We rep- repeated right? his day ten it's years brilliant. later. The thing that I heard about Chappelle was what happened was the fact that when he f- did his first two seasons, mm-hmm. he was such a small fish right. that they let him do whatever he wanted to do. Okay. Yeah. But then once they gave him the fifty six million, now the executives at Viacom are like, okay, now you need to take notes because now you're a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. we're now the, these DVDs are important to us. So now we're not. You have I complete control. The, yeah, I had read it too, Mike. Yeah. I just I just think you're reality was that that wouldn't be true i think that's part of the pr or whatever because i think the reality is there was so much money to be made yeah that he had 100 percent creative control cosby tried to I fuck him over used too. Really? that to get out of it i mean dave was probably burnt out probably how many you know you that's a hell of a thing to crank those ideas yeah. out like that we do it on a morning show on a different scale different way and the pressure of those each of those kind of shows and everyone be, has to kill that's Every, the thing about those things. Everyone has to kill. Well, yeah. yeah, and on his show, you know, it was becoming iconic. So you know, he couldn't have that one episode off. He probably felt himself. This is probably self-imposed pressure, and I'm sure he, looking back at it, 
maybe you know if he, he's older now he's a younger guy forget about that yeah. he's older now maybe it wouldn't even happen at that age you know th- th- in other words if he was the same wisdom he has now I'm afraid of one eh, I'm all right but it, but that kind of pressure in in the people and the focus I think he just burnt out because remember he went to didn't he go like on trips and went around the world to Africa and lived and he went to hang with Maya Angelou and stuff yeah I mean at that point you're hanging with Maya Angelou and going on trips you're looking for some you're soul searching Right? Yeah. Well, you're not going to party with my Angela. No. Oh, <laughs> I love what I love to back him, Chris Tucker, and Cat Williams. They did this free show in San Francisco. You can watch it on YouTube. It's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's them talking about the industry and how it just ate them alive. And you know, you start getting into the parties, the the, the drugs. It's all the stuff that you can. Yeah. And some well, people don't have happened. control. You imagine the power you're that big out of nowhere. Right? He's a huge star. I, I, I met him at a um, the. Ter- what was it? Montreal, Montreal Comedy Festival, and he was a kid. He was in a movie called Robin Hood Men in Tights, and we're in an elevator, and we went to breakfast together. He he and I went to breakfast. He was unknown; no one knew who he was. He just said, "He goes, hi, so I'm in this movie, you know, Mel. Was it Mel Brooks? Maybe yeah, Mel yeah, Brooks. Yeah, Mel made Brooks. It. He yeah. says, yeah, he liked me.' And he was 21. I, I, I says, really? Yeah, it's called Robin Hood Men in Tights. I'm Dave Chappelle. Says, I'm Jim Cran. I have a radio show here and stuff." And, uh, he did the show. He did do the show back then for a few minutes. We talked about, it. but the, you know, so we always had breakfast because they had breakfast buffet thing for everybody's performing there. And I was doing the radio show at the time there, so he and I had breakfast and stuff. I don't know. He's telling about stand up. Yeah, that's what he did. He did the clubs and stand up and just a really gentle soul, nice kid. And uh, fast forward to three years ago, I met him when he was in the improv when he came to that workout, and now they're just a. He didn't remember that, obviously. You know, my our breakfast, but just the same thing about the guy. He's one of the most genuine, kind-hearted people mm-hmm. I've ever met. He really is. He's so, just a real down-to-earth so do you, good guy. So I think he got that thing where that that business, like you said, mm-hmm. I think it just just got to him because he's to a him. kind person. I think people were there around him, taking advantage, and try to. He probably had to just chill out. He had to get away and get his shit together a little bit. And he, yeah. he, he made the right decision. Because a lot of people think, oh, you're, you're stu-. No, no, he made money. He already made $20 million. They were just going to give him another twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Believe me, you can live well on twenty. And now look at him. Because he walked away, because he walked away, he became more famous. He did. He sells yeah. out any time. In he 15 seconds. He would have never been as famous had he not done that. Because when he did that, remember everybody, we went, went what? He walked away He's crazy. Million, but that gave him an integrity. That gave him a... Right, it gave him some kind of, uh, I don't know, image or whatever that you can't put a price tag on, and it really did help him. And completely too, he left that show intact. It never got lame. It was only two seasons. Yes, but almost every show, eventually, by the fourth, fifth, sixth season, they run out of ideas. We, that's what we're it's saying. Watered down, but his is remains intact. And we like romanticize. We romanticize about the past, and so whether it was dumb luck or design, you look. It looks as like. It's genius, you know. It was genius. Yeah, and it, it didn't go it on for and it didn't go on for too long. Mm-mm. No, I mean it, it, it works right now. The bits he still, did were evergreen. It works and right now. He's more than made up that money over the years. You're, you're absolutely right. He, um, the, this is uh, why Richard Pryor. There's a. I don't know if you guys ever seen a Richard Pryor show. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, there was yeah. a show, yeah. and it was I watched only it when I was a kid. Believe it or not, and I have the DVD That's box set. It's <laughs> 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 he watched it on TV. I live. was so disappointed. It was hysterical because I was like, you know, it was like probably ten. I don't know, whatever. How old he. Than when it was such a great show it's um it's only four ep- 
four episodes. Yeah, if I'm correct. It's like four or five, something like he that. He came out naked in one episode. Yeah, he did with no, with no, yeah, with yeah, no, no like dick. Fuzz yeah. dot. Now that was <laughs> big stuff back then. He like tucked it in, or he had like a mold or something <laughs> uh-huh. like that. And he he was talking about that he lost everything. Yes. and, uh, and took, NBC <laughs> even took his. Dick. Yeah. Oh, but uh, it's really, oh, it's, it's, it's genius. Really That's genius. But the, the I, thing with it was, yeah. he said that he did not want them. He said, "We're not getting canceled. It's that I did not want them to have full control over what I do because I'm that crazy." And he wanted to be able to. He dropped the N word on there. He was able to do Richard Pryor stuff live on on NBC, and he didn't want them to have control and take over, kind of like that whole they Chappelle show nervous. thing. They were too nervous. Oh, they were Richard nervous. That, in that era. Oh my God! The the Smothers brothers were considered wild. Think about that. <laughs> yeah. In that yeah. era, they were considered a wild. Yeah, they had thing to be the canceled because they were going anti-Vietnam stuff. Yeah. Some kind of political stuff they did. Yeah. Well, the thing is that I was the line that I always go through my head whenever I hear about this stuff is Johnny Rotten ended the Sex Pistols like literally not even a year into when you know they're getting bigger, and he's and I remember this line in the documentary. He goes, "If you don't want to be a pop star, right. then just don't." be one i always think that too <laughs> i think if you don't really if you don't want to be famous it's so easy to not be famous anymore you think so i think so Terry. i think i think if you don't want to be famous you could go to say you're bono one of the most famous people on the planet if he just said i can't take it i feel just like i'm in a prison somewhere if bono <laughs> went to found some country like scandinavia or sweden or somewhere where maybe find a place that he didn't don't sell a lot of music there or whatever, he'd just become regular guy, and that's that. And you know what? About a year or two of that, I'd be like, I want to go back to being Bono. <laughs> I get free shit. And he'd go back. I think those guys would miss it deep down as performers. But I think you could I think you get away from it. Just like I thought, like I said before, when you see people in tabloids, you know, and they always use the excuse, well, I'm famous, and that's why you know I can't escape it, and that's why they're in tabloids. And then you see guys like, you know, Denzel Washington or people who live normal lives, and you don't see them in the tabloids every week. They seem mm-hmm. like cl- Clooney or whatever. I mean, really, these are really famous people, but they are not in the tabloids every two seconds. Well, like, I have, you know, we both, everyone has friends who live in Los Angeles, and I talk to people, they go, if you want to avoid the paparazzi, it's not that hard. Right. No, everyone goes to the same there's certain five. Street, there's yeah. a certain street yeah. where there's mm-hmm. convenience stores and stuff, and they said that the all, every publicist, what they, they kind of do, is send you down that. You could go shop there, mm-hmm. go in the store, go get, a, go get a, you know, go get, a, go get a, your cigarettes or whatever. Just walking, there's like a hundred cameras. You'll be in a magazine in two seconds. Yeah, and they do it all the time, and it's just great PR for those people. And then they can complain, but then the people that complain are the ones that aren't really as talented as foreigners, like the Paris Hiltons of the world. I think yeah, sure. for the most part. So Jim, um, you were talking about like these guys like missing it so i think so. um I, I mean there is a point in time where like you just never know sometimes anything catches on like you could be the most alternative yeah. person and <laughs> something happens where it gets bigger than you it want and you huge. can't leave from it but like I, I guess it is one of those things as performers no matter what you do you're gonna miss it like if you leave from it because we started it, as little kids you want that's how you became what you wanted to do in front of people, what you do right? yeah. you have to miss it. oh yeah like a all right so bit. so like for example you've been now we're back on radio mm-hmm. and I've seen you like rejuvenate, like you recharge, like Drake. Uh, I don't know if you heard that song yet, but uh, <laughs> but no, it's like it's it's awesome. So, how do you feel about coming back to to radio the same way? 
it, could, like isn't that that feeling you where you're like oh yeah you know i might take a break from radio for a while and then now yes. it's like yes you appreciate is- more even even you know because we're doing it 25 years every day same thing i appreciate it but not like now now you appreciate it even more like get up today it's like ah, oh, we're gonna have a great show today it's yeah. fun you know and because it's uh it's just yeah you just appreciate it a little bit more and i think that's what these people sometimes i bet dave Chappelle's a different guy than he was then and we all change mature and everything you know uh always appreciate it but you do appreciate it a little bit more i think when yeah. you step away from anything you love or like to do it, it especially performers my god i bet you any of those guys would do it for free as we all would really you know oh, yeah you, if you're doing it for a living and you're making money at it, you would have did it for free is you is it's the the payoff is the talent and and god gave you and the response from the audience i think so it, it's an interesting fortune and fame very james taylor wrote that song fortune and fame a curious game total strangers call you by name it, it's an interesting thing it, like it's, it's kind of cool that, that you can connect like that what's that t- tommy wasu no be, yeah oh god like we gotta just talk about that since you brought that up uh, the Axel Rose? Yeah, well, the Axel. Well, I want to talk about Tommy Wiseau. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about terrible movies. Okay, we were talking earlier about terrible movies in, in a group of us. Worst movies of all time and guilty pleasure movies. Like it's so bad that it's good. Like you have you'll watch it. If it's on cable or whatever. Maybe you own it. Uh, Showgirls. I love Showgirls. I think Berkeley man. Ooh. Greatest set of tits of all Ooh. time. Sorry, right? Ooh, the body. The body. Incredible and perfect. For, I'm six four. She's like five ten, five eleven. Hey, perfect. Don't be hitting on my girl, <laughs> Naomi. <laughs> you'd meet her and call How her about Naomi. I know the name, the character. You'd, you'd meet her and just be like, "Hi, Naomi." Hi, Naomi. And then she'd be like, "Get this stalker psycho." <laughs> um, but anyway, we're talking like these movies that are guilty pleasures, and, and it it kind of started. We were talking with uh, Axel Rose. There's a report how he, he liked to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too before shows. <laughs> Horrible movie, bizarre. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, and we were saying how like in Adele that she watched Troll Two and when she was on stage. <laughs> That's one of my guilty movies. Is that is it Troll the Troll series? I have a top five. That's your top guilt. Give Tro- me, give me your Troll. Yeah, good. Let's hear it. Troll Two. Okay. Anaconda. Hmm. Leonard Part Six. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, House of the Dead because I hate that movie so much, and okay. The Room. You know, it's funny the when room. Terry when Terry brought up The Room. You were. I'm so I, happy. Did you know what I thought? Well, it's funny. Yeah, I, I and we were watching YouTube clips after. Oh, I showed left. them after I the morning it. show. I own, oh, I my. Own Jimmy the, owns the I whole own movie. It. I bought the movie. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, it's worse than I thought. It couldn't. I couldn't possibly <laughs> yeah. think a, a movie could well, be worse. Yeah. Here's what happened. I, like, I, I could act better than that. Yes, yeah, Wasaki. <laughs> you were a million. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're way talented. But anyway, the... Uh, Thank you. I, 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 <laughs> you're better in the room. I, uh, I was reading an article. It was in... Uh, it's like in Vanity Fair or Esquire. You know, they, they do great articles, right? I remember yeah. reading this article. And it was about this guy, about this uh, the, the room, about the movie and Tommy Wesu or whatever his name is. And they said that he, at the time, this was a few years ago, it was getting traction that Tommy Wesu was... <laughs> This was the worst movie ever released, officially released. And the, and the fact that it became a cult classic that every actor knew the room off by heart to the point where they, that's all they talk about, wanting to meet Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> a year or two after this came out, like people would just go nuts over the room. And they were talking in the article, the, the, the writer was saying how, you know, Paul Rudd and, and, you know, whoever else was doing a movie with. That's all they talked about 
was the room and then they said that, that you know they went to this other movie Owen Wilson all the, they everybody knew this movie off by heart they knew the words they knew the script they knew the whole thing and and so I'm like what is this movie this is I have to see what this is so I can't find it anywhere all of a sudden uh, the Oaks was a theater the place we perform at yeah. Pittsburgh they ran it there. It was the room one oh, weekend. Oh they my ran. god! I didn't this is, know. This is years ago. Oh okay. Yeah, it's like five. <laughs> if it was like a week ago and I missed it, I'd be I so know. pissed. And then all of a sudden, it, it it started to get traction. It was like a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. It's 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 run in New York like all the time. Like there's a there's some place in New York that has like every Friday or something. But people in that go see this will will do the scenes. Like in Rocky Horror Picture, they'll do the scenes with Tommy Wiseau. And he's like the worst actor. He has this weird Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of weird accent. Yeah. And the lines are priceless. (laughs) And once you watch it once, you're all in. Mm -hmm. And I have have the DVD. We have have to to find it. I'll have to look for it. I I haven't watched it in a few years, but... Hope yeah. that he didn't throw it away. He has... I hope not. It's, 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 it's priceless. <laughs> Which goes back to my theory. If you're going to do something, go for really great or truly awful. Because either way, you're going to do well. You're going to get recognition. All right. Yeah. Wayne, Wayne is uh, one of our uh, uh, producers and, and sound engineer. I am going to... Um, I'm trying to look for the... Have you seen it, Wayne? The, no, I've heard about it. Listen to this. He has an online show called uh, Tommy Explains is, It All. All right, I'm gonna, I'm oh gonna, I, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, he I'm gonna play Mortal a trailer Kombat. here over my microphone. See if it picks up. Okay. So for you, the best movie of the year. <laughs> I don't love him anymore. Johnny's my best friend. This will be our secret. Experience this quirky new black comedy. You have my money, right? I treat you like a princess, and you stab me in the back. It's a riot. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> a film with the passion of Tennessee Williams. The Room. Directed by Tommy Wiseau. Rated R. Experience this quirky new black comedy coming soon near you. All right, here's the best part of that whole thing. That was was that a real? Tra- it was not. No, here that is a real trailer because when they put that out, here's what happened. They re-released it. It was. It is not a comedy at, at all. all. No, it's he not. wrote that. Th- now he in interviews now he goes, yeah, that's what they meant it to be. Yeah, I wanted to do the black comedy thing. I that, tried that, to be, funny. but it was not. He was trying for a serious movie and that was the beauty of it now now he's coming back saying yeah i was doing his tongue-in-cheek thing but no no one's buying it It was an unintentional comedy no because it was out for two years before this (laughs) re-release you know what i mean it it caught on as a cult thing so they go maybe with sue maybe the deal he made i'm sure i'm sure there's no way it was not presented as a as that get Which, off me you motherfucker killing me whatever it's like yeah it's, the we're going to amazing. get married what do you do <laughs> you <laughs> have to hear some george just a chicken the chicken chip 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 yes <laughs> i did not hit her i did not this is bullshit i did not yes. oh hi See? mark you start <laughs> is that tr- you start to get into you love tommy wasu you start to get into the movie did you ever see the whole movie? Yeah. So you didn't. This is I what happened, this is Jimmy. Off YouTube, or you saw? No, so you Jimmy. Saw this is what happened. I okay. was uh, on. I think it was like Fairnet or one of those on-demand things year a few years back when I was in college. Okay. And uh, I was at you know my parents' house, and 
the room I think was on Fairnet. It was like in the horror movie section <laughs> or one of those things. And I clicked on it. And I was like, oh man, this this is going to be awesome. The right? room, the like, room. It just sounds like, like it's some kind of scary thing. And the dude looks scary as hell. And uh, yes, he does. He's got a look. I clicked it, and it was the weirdest shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you, you know, in no. <laughs> time did you ever think it was like a dark comedy no i didn't i had no idea what was going on i just kept watching it uh, like here. it's so bad did you like he has the scene where he's like uh dozen roses here's, here's the flower shop right? yes you gotta have this scene hi can i help you yeah can i have a dozen red roses please oh hi johnny i didn't know it was you here you go that's me how much is it it'll be 18 dollars keep the change Hi, Dougie. You're my favorite customer. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye-bye. Son. That was perfect. Yeah. Awesome. We don't need to go any further. That was yeah. a gold. one take. You all nailed uh, it. Gold. Son, that was we, one take. We one couldn't take. do it. No, what if that was 20 Hi, takes? Doggy, and he, pe- he pets the doggy. Hi, doggy. But the, Hi, the doggy. best is... You're my favorite customer. How did he manage... To get every actor around him to be that bad is what's amazing. It's like right? osmosis one act, or something. Well, there's a one actor that's good. He, he, he sounds like he's doing uh, John Voight's uh, fake Brazilian accent from Anaconda. Told yes, you. Yeah, I just that's what he said. That up. I told you. Uh, Terry brought that up this morning. It man. was so bad in Anaconda. He did the, um, there's a scene where it goes, uh, Anaconda oh perfect God. killing machine. He said, it holds you tight, bite you, grab. Hold you tight like you want true love and never let go. You have the pleasure of hearing your bones crack. Until your veins explode. See, this is like <laughs> it's my favorite part. Isn't it funny how, how how does this happen? Where these quirky little scenes, you know, that we just love from the from these movies, like the this movie. I'm something for you. I would do anything for my girl. Anything for my princess. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap. These are for you. But son of a bitch told me that I would get it within three months. I saved them bundles. They're crazy. I don't think I will ever get it. They betrayed me. They didn't keep their promise. They tricked me, and I don't care anymore. That, that was his big scene. That is I awesome. Don't care anymore? Isn't that beautiful? That's a yeah, time. So it's called the room. Uh, check it on YouTube. And, yeah, you, and I, you know what? Though you have to be able to buy it. I bought it. So no, you can buy it. I'll buy it. Uh, you guys, mm-hmm. I recommend you guys buying it. And, you know, buy it on Amazon. Check Did it you out. See Troll Two yet? <laughs> You're not going to get me to see Troll I 2, I want to get you to watch Troll 2. because right, I'll on do Netflix. it for you. You'll Troll it. 2 is so... I'll act, watch it with you. This is the story with Troll 2. Troll 2 was a sequel of Troll, which yes, was I like... Troll was out. actually badass. <laughs> it, it was like Harry Potter was and Troll it had... Good? Yeah, the first one, and it had Julie Dreyfus and stuff. That was like one of her remember. early movies. Was, what's it? About? Oh, yeah, I've seen that. It's yeah. about wizards and shit. Did yeah. you see trolls and the first one? I didn't see Troll Two. Was no. Troll Two really you missed good? Troll oh, Two. Yeah. Troll <laughs> Two is so bad. It's Troll Two is probably worse than the room. Oh Troll no! Really? Two. Oh, is, they're not even trolls. They're goblins. Okay, and then <laughs> they they go to this um this this city. It's okay. um uh what goblin backwards? It's uh, Nilbog. They go to Nilbog, okay? Yeah. Ooh. And uh, in Nilbog, they're fighting these things that are um, lactose intolerant. No, they're so they not. So they eat, they're Wait vegetarians, they eat plants. Are they really lactose intolerant? Yeah, they throw stuff on you and that's they turn his, you into a plant and they eat you. That's hysterical. They're lactose intolerant. They don't like high calories and lactose. And then, <laughs> they like gluten. <laughs> they're allergic to peanuts. Yeah, lactose intolerant. It's awesome. The movie is so bad that the actors in it were just people that happen to live in the town. So they just said, "Hey, you guys want to be in a movie?" They're like, "Yeah." So there's a scene where he's like, "Let's let them know we're serious." Is there is there a troll three? 
Yes, unfortunately. So three is. would be worse, right? Well, Troll Three is worse, but I think it was only in Europe. I feel like you have to hear this. <laughs> European Troll. I love the fact that Troll Two, even though it was so horrible, did yeah. enough business to they justify a, a Troll Three. Here, here's here's proof right here. It's I'm, hard to believe. I'm gonna I'm gonna prove this to you. The, the, you know. That's, oh, that's awesome. All right, I'm in. I'm in. Is that the one where he goes, I'm in. I'm garbage date? Uh, no, that, now that's another one. So, so <laughs> the acting is that bad? I'm, Tara, I'm in. Let's watch you it have together. To see. We watch have to watch. It. Like, watch. Me and a buddy are going to start a, a club of horrible movies, like how people <laughs> have book clubs. I'm in. And we're going to watch horrible movies and like, All right. you know, review them. What is the movie where he sits there and goes, garbage date? We'll keep the audience here. We'll keep everyone. Listen. We will keep you in the loop on this one. Yeah, we, we have start to start this, this club. We will bring in the, the bad movies and we'll mention what we watch. <laughs> we will we'll announce we it the week before, then they can watch it yeah. and then we'll review you, it together. Yeah, if you guys want to watch it, you can. You get it on Amazon or buy it. Silent or Night, or, Deadly you know, Night Part Oh, that's a, one of the great <laughs> scenes of all time. What's that? It's a horrible movie. It's uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night oh, yeah. 2. I remember in that movie. And there's that? a scene where there's a guy taking out garbage and he pulls out a gun and goes, Garbage Day! And he blows him away. <laughs> the guy goes, No, you know, no. You know, what, you know what's funny is. Um, it. I remember uh, <laughs> uh, today, uh, uh, Mikey Assassin said about the, the Howard the Duck reference, and I was I don't Howard the Duck is probably not the worst movie that it was ever made. It was just made so much money. It was they spent so much money making it that they didn't make the money back. I don't bad. think it was the absolute loot worst. It's the worst. I don't Steven think it's Troll Spielberg. Two level. I think it's better than Troll like the the, the room. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not I that mean, level. But you know what I mean? When you have, but when you have that level of resources, Troll Two is the room, and it's that. I mean, you have right. Leah Thompson off yeah. uh, Back to the Future. You have Steven Spielberg producing it and everything like that. Right, and it's that bad. Marvel had a hard time after that with Howard the Duck sales. Did they? He's really? just now getting popular again, and they had him in. Guardians of the Galaxy because they revamped the design for Howard to Duck. But. You know, uh, they were talking, speaking of Marvel and everything, it was just read that uh, Robert Downey Jr., who gets $40 million a movie for Iron Man, he wants 50 or he's not going to do Iron Man 4. Why not? And they said they're going to give it to him. Of course. Of course. It. it made one point, the franchise made $1.2 billion with a B dollars. Billion, $1.2 billion. So they're gonna, But that's pretty amazing, the, the money, and it would have come back for him. Through, you know, think of his life and career, but that is an amazing money. I, you're going to see more and more actors jumping on this this comic book thing, and that's why Marvel now has their own studio, right? Yeah, they have their own studio, and, which um, makes sense. And well, billion dollars are making. DC's teamed up with Warner Brothers. That's like their thing. Their so thing they together. have creative control. Marvel, Marvel all by itself. Yeah, Marvel's by itself, but they're still fighting for a couple rights of characters mm. like X Men and Fantastic Four. To tell right. they made a deal with Sony for Spider Man. So anything that Spider Man's in. Marvel-wise, Marvel gets to keep the money and creative control. If Sony does a uh, solo movie, Marvel's involved in it, but they don't get any of the money. So it's kind of one of those things where it's split, where they, they have a deal. But, yeah, they um they have I, a good, got, good setup. I do got one movie that with the club we're going to do with the bad movies. It actually got one of the lowest ratings in Rotten Tomatoes history. And it is it, – it, this could be – this is right there with the room. It was uh, Paris Hilton's movie, The Hottie and the Naughty. Oh, okay. Have you guys ever seen it? No. no. I re- I bought it, rented it. <laughs> I rented it. I and it was in a hotel, and it came up, 
a few years ago, whenever this came out, 08, in 08, I was traveling wherever I was, it, and I said, it's got to be so bad. I could only make it like halfway through. It was just, I bought it for amusement. It was like the room. I thought it'd be like the room. Yeah. It's not even as amusing as the room. It's boring. Kind wow. Of. But the hottie and the naughty, which it's actually got a release, and it was, you know, I put some little bit of money behind it at the time, because remember, she was pretty huge in 08. Yeah, she was. As far as, right? She could walk out the door without being in a cover of a magazine. 91 minutes long. It's uh, Nate moves to L.A. to track. It's the the plot to track down Christabel, the woman he's been in love with since childhood, only to discover that his plan to woo her only has one hurdle to overcome: what to do with June, Christabel's ever-present, not so hot best friend. <laughs> What's even more complicating is Nate's growing feelings for June, whose true beauty starts to emerge. Oh, huh? yeah. how about that? Got me hooked. The hottie and the naughty. There's a uh, there's a podcast that has. Uh, they they watch Grown Ups two every day and they review Grown Ups two <laughs> <Really>? every episode. <laughs> that's funny. It's, that's like that's how bad the movie. And then they're like starting to, it's starting to grow on them. I forget the name of it, but it's, it's funny and psychotic. That is crazy. There was another uh, movie too that I was thinking of, but Grown Ups two is pretty. Here's bad. Garbage Day. You know, Gar- oh, you got Garbage Day. I, I, I would garbage. say, you know, I, I love Adam Sandler. Oh, I love got- Adam Sandler movies, but no. he really pushed he really pushed me a little bit. That I really had to go. Deep. Jack and Jill really didn't do it. Did you see Pixels? I did not see Pixels. No. And I, I haven't seen Going I'm Overboard going either, which is his 1989 movie. <laughs> I have that movie on you DVD. Have going over, I've seen that. Is yeah. it bad? I watched it. It is very bad. It's Pretty bad, bad, right? Yeah. Uh, Alone in the Dark Rotten is horrible. Tomatoes too. gave it equal 1.9 to Hottie and Naughty Going Overboard. Really? T- it's tied. Alone in the Dark has 1%. That's a horrible movie, too. Who's the bad. one? Uwe Bull. Yeah, <laughs> he 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 critiqued his own movie. His, every movie he touches is horrible. He's just a rich guy who has money, and he just was making money. German guy. That's it, yeah. It, it, we can go on and on with these. We got to start. This I club. love. I love. Uh, I think everyone does. Bad, gl- uh, glitter. Now oh, you think I, glitter I was bad glitter. or good? I saw glitter. It's horrible. Pretty bad, right? Yeah. It's uh, it's the like acting. Her story. It's I saw like, part of it on cable. It was bad. I couldn't get through it. Mike. I've never seen a moment of it. Tear? Should I? You're, I haven't seen Glitter, no. I saw Mike, the Mike. movie. Mariah Carey. You, 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 you're going to laugh. I watched about three quarters of it. It's not bad. And it's I'm going to tell you, I didn't think it was the worst movie of all time. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, better than Jiggly. Mariah had a voice. She sang a little bit. So yeah. it was, it's better than The Room. Let's put it that way. It's better than Jiggly. Like, you got to put Jiggly in the room, right? The, yo, G- Jiggly was the worst. Jiggly or Geely? The one with... Uh, How do you say it? How do you say Jiggly? it? You mean the one know. with Ben Affleck and Jennifer? Yeah, it's that yeah. whack. Okay, I got, I got What's a, it called? Jiggly or Jiggly? Jiggly. I got to tell you a story about that. So we're, we're at Ross Park Mall, me and my brother, <laughs> and this... this You know how they have, like, marketing surveys or whatever? Uh-huh. Some, you know, like, 20-year-old girl comes up to us and goes, hey, would you like to make $20? I and mean, we need about 10 minutes of your time, blah, blah, blah. So we're like, okay, we'll make $20 for 10 minutes. So we go in and do the marketing thing. They show us a clip. And the yeah, and a, the trailer for Geely, and it was Ben Affleck trying to be like a mobster, and yeah. Jennifer Lopez was terrible, and everything like that. So at the end of the thing, the person's like on the computer and says, "So what would you like to th- you know say about this movie?" And I go, and I go, "Let me see what you're going to write because I'm going to tell you." And he right. goes, or he goes, "This is the worst piece of crap <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Whoever decided to make this movie should never be allowed legally to make a movie ever I, again. And the guy sat there and went like, 
I go, okay, I'll write that. And I go, no, I want to make sure you put that. And so I stood behind her as she wrote verbatim what I said and said, now press enter. And she goes, press enter. And she goes, fine. So because I wanted no, – no one could possibly see this movie ever again. Well, I can't, I can't imagine because the, here's the plot <laughs> of this movie. <laughs> the plot is the violent story about how a criminal lesbian <laughs> – so far, a, so good. Yeah, a tough guy hitman with a heart of gold. Played by wow. Ben Affleck. And a mentally challenged man came to be best friends through a hostage. <laughs> How did they get funding for this? Oh. How could Ben Affleck... He must have been high or something. This was Ben around. Affleck post Goodwill Hunting. He could have yeah, picked up any is... script and did it. Oh, he went downhill after that. He had paycheck. He had a Daredevil. That was all around that same he time. He didn't have to take that script. No. Yeah. <laughs> so he did not. He did not have to take. Jesus. Is paycheck the one where he became? He, he was with Uma Thurman. Yes. The best. John the best Wu directed. The best trailer of all time was that movie because I'm I'm sitting in the theaters <laughs> for and he sits there for for paycheck he goes. Like you know, you know it's gonna be like a weird movie when they do the entire name, right? John Walters is the world's greatest reverse engineer, <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, "Who gives a shit about who's the world's greatest reverse engineer?" I don't even know fun. what that is. Basically, what he does is he takes products and he reverses them so they can make them. And I'm like, "Yeah, so I mean, they had to really describe it. Yeah, like, like that that's what the they had to do." Yeah. But the thing is, like that, that's when you know it's a shitty plot when they have to tell you he's the world greatest something that no one gives a crap about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of my favorite movie stories is about Con Air. The, uh, what, what's the what's the dude's name that teamed up with uh, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer? All Don the Simmons. Don Simmons. Of. So look, they they was making all these movies right, and they would snort coke and get high, and they make these movies. And um, they talk about it. And uh, he, they were getting high one day, and they made that race car movie right. where he, mm-hmm. J- Jerry Bruckheimer, made himself a racing outfit so he could walk around and produce this movie. Well, he, him and Don Simmons were hanging out one night, and they're doing blow. And he um, talks to him, and he goes, I have an idea for Con Air. And he goes, what? And he brings up Con Air, and he explains to him about Con Air, and he goes, whoa. I gotta leave. This is too intense. I, did you like? Con- and, I love Conair. Yeah, Don yeah. Simpson. That was a great yeah. movie. Well, Conair, but it was too intense for him to to comprehend mm-hmm. how great of a movie. <laughs> My it was. mind is like blown. his mind was blown, so he went and he He's snorted. Like, Wait, we're gonna have we're gonna have Sean well, Connery in, 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 the, in the Alcatraz. And, I looked. Up, uh, he ended I, up dying. I've been looking at lists of the worst movies, and they, they said that the room. Is the Citizen Kane of bad movies? Yeah, it is. It does say that. And yeah. Trolls number two, my friends. In yeah. Troll two. Troll two. Troll I two. Told you, best worst movie. They're talking worse than Plan Nine from Outer Space, which is one of the right one of yeah. the great. That was the old gold standard. Yes, the old gold. St- it was. It was. Yeah. Uh, there was a movie. I don't know what this is. It's called Samurai Cop. Was made in '89. Oh, Samurai They're Cop saying is that's horrible. Very bad. Yo, it is so bad. <laughs> really bad movie. <laughs> Samurai Cop is so bad. Is there anybody in it is worth it, a? Like, no, I don't think anyone. It's it's this dude, and he's like, it's like, well, you have the power of gymnastics <laughs> and the code of the ninja in the samurai. I, it's like I, so bad. I gotta say, they they're saying they're saying '97's uh, Batman and Robin. Is up there in the top ten worst all you time. You want to hear something bad, Jimmy? Do you think it's the worst? One of the worst? Listen, it's the worst Batman, but Fantastic Four has a lower rating than Batman and Robin, the new Fantastic Four. That's the how new, bad. Wait, the new movie just came out. That's how bad the new Fantastic Which Four is. Which is the most amazing story with that director, right? Yes. He, uh, 
kind of lost it, right? This this kid yeah. was like going to be the next big thing, and he just went crazy. He said, right on, a, on sort of. He told them when allegedly. to blink, when to breathe. Yeah, um, he did. He did. He directed him that much. He said it was that hard. Then he, the movie's so bad, he put out a tweet and said there was a better script than this, but you guys will never see that movie, and then deleted the tweet. Yeah, what a jag up thing to say, you know? Now they got to give it back. Script. Well, Marvel screwed them over because Marvel, uh, they canceled the comic book so that they couldn't have any new story arcs or make any money really? off of anything with the sales. So Marvel was like, we're going to kill off the Fantastic Four, not kill them, but we're right. just going to break them up because and of this. close this comic book and not make any more X-Men characters so that Fox will give us how about, the characters back. How about this, 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 this kid? Just, he ruined his career. It's done. Yes, I, I don't uh, see what I think we'll see him again. I think he could. Well, did you see his first movie? His first movie was why he got this. What was it again? I'm uh, sorry. What's I the one with the, with the brain powers? Uh, it was supposed to be very good, very uh, complex. I probably got an Academy Award nomination or whatever. There's a reason he got this, this movie. movie. I'm sorry. I can't remember. I can't his remember name's the name. Shank or Shank or something. Shank, name? Yeah, Josh it, Shank. What was the name Is of that Josh movie? Josh Shank? Josh. Uh, let's see. Let's get his name. Josh Shank. I Fantastic Four. And how horrible. Wait, who, who's the director of. Uh, is it Josh Shank? We're talking about. I, th- I think that might be his name. Straight Out Compton made a hundred million. What I was saying, yeah, Straight yeah, Out Compton's huge hit, doing well. Uh, it it is uh, Josh, uh, Josh Trank, Josh Trank, Josh guys. Trank. Sorry, Josh Trank. I know it was close. Josh Trank, and uh, he had a movie that was I'm trying to think. It was pretty big, right? It was um, uh, Chronicle. 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 That was the movie. It was Chronicle. Chronicle. Was dope. So Chronicle yeah. was this movie that made this kid. He's thirty. Some years 31 old. 31 years old. 31 years old. He gets the keys to Fantastic the car. Four. He gets Fantastic Four, which is going to be amazing. This it was is supposed his, to be the reboot. This was, this was his only his fourth major, fourth film he even made. Yeah. Chronicle game, a huge hit, uh, you know, both critically and it probably made some money. Yeah. But I think with that mistake, with that misstep like that, to be that wild where he built a tent around himself so you didn't have to talk to people, I, I don't see him coming back from that. Nobody's going to There's too many young directors out there yeah. that, are, that can step right in there, like my buddy Chris Robert. People I was like, just about to say, talent. Chris Robert will take that. He would do Fantastic Four. He's one of the best in the country, this kid. You'll hear him from uh, But anyway, I think it's interesting. that, uh, that Now, did you see the movie Fantastic Four? It's bad, Jimmy. It is bad. It's bad. What, what? I mean, I don't know how you could screw up one of those kind of movies. Listen, it's so right? bad. I mean, the, it's a superhero. The movie. dialogue's bad. The it's the pace is bad. Do you blame the director? I blame I blame everyone involved with that movie. So it was more <laughs> than except that. the actors. The, this is how bad. The well, acting wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. There's a there's a um there's a saying that the thing says the, the yeah. giant rock super strong guy. Right. He says it's clobbering time. That's been his comic book thing. Okay. Well, it's always been an innocent thing where everyone loves it. It's like yeah, it's clobbering time. Well, in the movie to make it so dark, right. they made it where his brother before beating him would say it's clobbering time. So he started saying that from like post traumatic stress of being abused. So it's like, oh, so you just fucked up something so innocent, and now you're just ruining. Yeah, kids. that's a good creative choice. Yeah, like whoever <laughs> thought of that was an idiot. Like it's you can't you can't do something like that. Here's it's what I don't like. I don't get. You're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on this big summer movie. Mm-hmm. There's not one person in a whole town of talented people on L.A. that can read the damn script and say this is crap. I, yeah. I just think they don't know. I think when you're look, when you're reading a script, a lot of times, you you know something like that. I think for that yeah. kind of script. You're looking at special effects and all the things and how in the director really 
to me, the director tells the story in a way. He's got to put that story together. Costume design is really big there, with that. Costumes, the effects and everything. But I think the director telling that story is a big deal. That's what they do. Because you have you know, all this footage you shoot. You shoot for hours. You make all, you know, the, the decision at the end of the day comes down to the director putting the story together. That's why certain actors will only work with certain directors because they yeah. know they're good. And it'll really make a difference, obviously, in a film. Because if you don't have a guy telling the story properly, it just doesn't come well, off. To me, it's always like, it's like if someone was, it's like an army was invading a country and they mm-hmm. forgot to bring bullets. There's no plan. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. Like there's no that's plan. how it is that's to have no is. script. Yeah. You've <laughs> got to have a director, script, the whole thing. Obviously, uh, the movie to come, that's coming out, you got to watch. The, net, the big, I think it's going to be great. It's called Deadpool. Oh yeah, the one Terry told me about perfect it. Terry, movie. Yeah, I've been watching clips of this. It looks amazing, man. Hey, that was a fun show. I hope everyone enjoyed as much as we uh, had fun. I did doing not. I did I know, not. I don't even stop doing it. I'm having so much fun here. But no, I know it's a little over an hour. I don't want to do too long for you guys. I know everyone out there is you know if they're a little over an hour. Oh, enough. Yeah, I hope so. I hope you enjoyed it. So I, we're having a blast here, man. I appreciate everyone downloading and, and listening to the show and streaming it. Really do and uh, sticking with us. Uh, check us on Q92.9 FM in the morning, 6 a.m. to 9. And our special thanks to all our friends at the Sideshow Network. And, uh, of course, Diversity, our sponsor. It's Jim Crenn, No Restrictions. Hey, everybody. It's Jim Crenn of Jim Crenn, No Restrictions. I just wanted to take the time out to thank you for listening to the show. We have a little over 100,000 subscribers now every week listening to the show. Go to SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or JimCran.com and subscribe today. And thanks again. If your business, whether large or small, is in need of commercial collections, choose PrimeCore Group. PrimeCore Group is a Pittsburgh-based corporate collections agency. Now, if your business is owed money, PrimeCore Group is there to help you. On a contingency basis only, PrimeCore Group will recover what is owed to you in a professional and trusted manner. Contact PrimeCore Group today by going to PrimeCoreGroup.com. To the insurance company that spurned me, our time together has come to an end. It's not me, it's you. We both know what I'm talking about. Fifteen minutes ago, I began courting Geico. It was just the easiest thing I've done since buttering my biscuit at breakfast. Not only have I saved hundreds of dollars on my car insurance, but also the future tears you were sure to impose. My heart and my coverage now belong to Geico. Sincerely, not yours, Tara, in Telluride. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleisinger, Schleisinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you.